Tree Huggers. Welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about baby equipment. Mm. This is a big one. Mm -hmm. I, I know we say that every time, but we are going to be talking about what kind of baby equipment is safe to use. I don't know if mm -hmm. safe is the right word. Healthy. Healthy to use. Developmentally beneficial. Oh, that's mm -hmm. a better phrase. Yes. Sure. And then what we should avoid and why is it so important to understand. Now, this is a big topic. Mm -hmm. We tried to break this down yesterday in our brainstorming sesh. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to try to hit it as general as we can so that you get a really good perspective as to why this is so important. Right, Tara? That's so important. So incredibly important. <laughs> <clears throat> so before we dive into the different types of equipment, let's talk about different positions that we can place our infants and babies in and why those positions are important. So, um, and, and we'll talk about sort of developmentally and sensorily what the, what the different positions work towards developing. So let's talk about just when a baby is laying on its back, what mm -hmm. that does. Mm -hmm. Well, when a little baby is laying on their back, eventually what they do is they're able to uh, flex or bend their hips and their knees and bring them towards their belly. And then they're able to sort of reach with their hands towards their knees and eventually play with their feet. What that does is it develops these deep core muscles, postural stabilizers, and really works towards developing <clears throat> the sense of flexion within the core. Very, very important. However, when a child is just laying on their back, I want you to think about, especially as an infant, what movements their head and neck can do. Their head is pretty Probably flat. Probably not much. Not, not much. It's very difficult to pick your head and, and flex your neck, your, bring your chin towards your sternum. It's very difficult to do that. And you can get a little bit of rotation from side to side. I want you to think about where gravity is coming down. I want mm -hmm. you to picture gravity as if it's a straight line coming from the sky, entering into the baby's head. Mm -hmm. Seems strange, mm -hmm. but it's a very important thing to think about because that talks about the vestibular system. Mm -hmm. And I think that visual, when I watch you explain this to parents live, I think that is a, a really important visual. Oh, good. Okay. Just as a mother, because you go, oh, like some of the stuff with flexion and core, and you know, you might have to listen to this one a couple times. There's a lot to it. But at the same time, as soon as you tell parents that visual, like, well, this is where gravity hits, so try to think about how their body's moving against it, I feel like that mm -hmm. hits home. Mm -hmm. Because your vestibular system is housed within your inner ear, and it, it sort of tells you where your head is and where your body is in space relative to that force of gravity. The vestibular system is hugely important because it helps to develop muscle tone. <clears throat> it also is one of our key regulators within our body and within our system. So when you are laying on your back, the force of gravity is coming right down through your forehead. All right. And then you can kind of rotate your head side to side just a little bit. Now, we want to make sure that you can turn your head to both sides. So take a look and make sure that the baby can rotate and, and look and easily move looking to the right and to the left. Okay. That's positioning on our back. Now let's talk about positioning on your belly and tummy time. We could do a 12-hour podcast just on tummy time Which alone. Which I think we need, yes. <clears throat> because so many people 
will avoid that tummy time. And why do they avoid it? Because the baby doesn't like it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So with the back to sleep campaign, which is important and pediatricians recommend it and the American um, Academy of Pediatrics recommends, of course, putting babies on their backs to sleep. Now, however, we were just talking about that vestibular system, right? So the vestibular system helps with regulation. I want you to think about if you place your child on their tummy, now think about where the vestibular system is and the force of gravity is coming down. Well, of course, it's going to depend on if their head is rotated to one side or the other, or if they're able to extend their neck and pick it up. That's what we want when a baby is on their tummy. We want them to kind of develop the extension or lifting up against gravity. Uh, first with their head, then propping up with their forearms, and eventually up onto straight arms. And when that head is, is sort of lifting up, the force of gravity is now coming down through the top of your head. That's outrageously important because that feels completely different than gravity coming down through your forehead. Mm-hmm. So this is outrageously important because it helps to set that vestibular system. It also helps to set that visual system um, because the visual system and your vestibular system are our best friends. Okay, well, if a baby spends the majority of the time on their back because parents are are good parents and want their babies to to live, right? Um, and, and they're kind of afraid to put babies on their belly. Mm-hmm. Potentially. So then what happens is when they go for a two or three month checkup and the doctor potentially asks, well, how's tummy time? Oh, I didn't know. So then they try to put the baby on their tummy. And when that happens, the baby goes, ah, I don't like this. This feels different. This feels scary. I have no, no knowledge or I don't know what to do with this new sensory information. They scream and cry and it's difficult and fatiguing for them. And because you're a good parent, you go rescue and you pick your baby up. Mm-hmm. It's a very long story about tummy time. <laughs> but really important. But really and leads important. to other podcasts about not rescuing kids. So even as oh. infants, mm-hmm. we don't want to do too much rescuing. They need to have these experiences. I cannot impress that enough. Okay. So when you're looking at tummy time, things to consider. I want you to take a look at your baby and make sure that the baby is able to lift their head up push through their forearms, push through their arms. So in addition, when they're laying on their tummy, they need to be able to rest comfortably. And resting comfortably is actually on the side. It's not bearing weight sort of through your chin. The infant should be able to turn their head side to side and rest on the side of their face and do that on both sides. What that does is it helps to develop this sort of rotation within the body. Just as important, it also helps to develop the shape of the skull. So often, uh, infants are referred to for a flat head, or, or uh, which is a plagiocephaly, or a torticollis, which is sort of the, the neck being turned to one side in a tightness. And um, those two things are often referred out to for a helmet. Now, what I want you to do is think of how can we potentially prevent that. So with knowledge is power, knowledge is information, resting on the side of your face puts pressure on that bone and bone forms based on weight bearing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Very similar to this is another position that babies need to be able to lay is on their side. So I want you to picture laying on your side with your hips and your knees bent in and just a little bit of a chin tuck. Again, you're now bearing weight on the side of your face and the force of gravity is now coming down really through your temple. Mm-hmm. Things you want to look for is babies who go into this arching of their back and their neck way far back. That's a sign that we want to help to develop some of these flexion patterns and help to develop a little bit of a sense of safety within their body. Okay, so we know that we need our babies to be able to be on their belly, on their back, on their sides. When we're holding them, one of my favorite things to do is to kind of help Uh, develop this sense of of flexion, meaning that their chin is towards their chest just a little bit, the arms are tucked in towards um, towards their chest, and elbows are bent so that they can kind of bring their hands to their mouth. Sometimes what happens when we hold a baby is their neck kind of rests backwards against your arm, and one of their arms might get flopped out to the side and sort of trapped in between you and their body or your body and their body. Um, So we want to try to prevent that and bring into this sense of flexion. Um, And by doing that, we can kind of use our arm and our hand to help just a teeny tiny bit of chin tuck. And we can also help with a hand on the bum to kind of pull into this little bit of flexion or a posterior pelvic tilt. Think of flexing the knees and flexing the hips up and in. Okay. This link of flexion of the pelvis with the neck is so important with developing this sense of calm within the body. So if your infant is and very easily dysregulated or appears to be sort of uncomfortable, this flexed position is one of the most important things that we can do. And as the speech portion of this, when we see kids who come in with feeding challenges, infants actually, Um, or breastfeeding challenges, I find that this, number one, this position is very difficult to achieve. Mm -hmm. It's the number one thing Mm -hmm. we would look at when we look at feeding is can they achieve this flexed position with the chin tuck in and have that sense of regulation so that they can do a coordinated suck, swallow, breathe. So if your child's having any feeding issues, thinking about, I know we're talking about baby equipment, but thinking about this baby equipment, thinking about how your baby moves might lead you to um, a few more answers as Mm -hmm. to what could be the etiology of of the feeding challenges. So let's jump into some very specific pieces of of baby equipment. And you can add in, of course, what that does to the jaw, lips, and the tongue as, as we're talking about it. So I want you to picture um, one of those uh, foam floor seats that's got like the little thing that goes up in between the leg. I oftentimes use the word pummel. Stacy doesn't (laughs) like it. I don't know why. Okay. Now, what this foam seat does is it tips the pelvis into that sort of posterior tilt, that flexed position that we were just talking about. You think that might be good? Mm -hmm. No. Oh, and they look so cute sitting in it. Mm -mm. Look at them sitting up before they're ready before they're ready. (laughs) Key phrase. These foam seats, terrible. Throw them in the trash. Not a fan at all. What they do is they tip this pelvis so that then all of a sudden you don't have this ability to extend your spine. The babies don't learn these sort of uh, tiny little postural adjustments, but that flexed pelvis position should be linked with that chin tuck that we were just talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and that's also linked with the convergence of the eyes. Well, unfortunately, what this does, this contraption, because the baby's not ready to sit in it yet, their pelvis is 
flexed, but then they want to look up and see what's going on, and then they kind of stack their neck backwards. And all of a sudden, this link between flexion and your visual system is wonked out. This That's is a clinical term. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wonked out. This is a, a, a terrible piece of equipment. If babies can't sit up by themselves, don't put them in that. Okay. I'm a sure nice alternative to those foam seats. There is um, one that looks very similar. It's called the up seat. I do enjoy the up seat. It's available on Amazon. And the up seat actually tips the babies into an anterior pelvic tilt, meaning their pelvis is sort of tipped forward, which helps with trunk extension. That's lovely. Babies sometimes don't don't like it because it's a little bit, uh, not a little, it's a lot harder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it mm-hmm. challenges that postural system. I enjoy the up seat. We'll link that in the show notes for you guys to check out. The next thing we I want to talk about that I, I'm not a super big fan of is um, sometimes they're called exercisers. Sometimes they're called, I don't know, the contraptions that you sit a baby in and they've got this entitlement tray on it and they're sort of dangling and suspended by their hips. Mm-hmm. Um, and their toes are barely maybe touching the ground. Some sort of play walker. A play walker. Yeah. That's on this sort of like pivot thing. Okay, you can picture this equipment. Let's break it down real quick. Babies are suspended by their hips. We were talking about how bone forms based on weight bearing. The joints, uh, the joint of the hip is not necessarily, those bones aren't solidly fused um, as an infant. So when we're suspending a baby like that, um, it's not healthy and safe for their hips. Their toes might just touch just barely a little bit. It causes their ankle to sort of flex down. We don't bear weight that way. That's, that's not how we try to find safety and protection and, and stability within our body. And then you've got, I, I call it the entitlement tray. That's mm-hmm. on, uh, that's there. You might have little things that are attached to it. We've got a speech therapist who calls it. <laughs> Baby Vegas. I like that one, Jess. Shout out to Jess. It's very funny. Um, <laughs> it's true. There's so much going on. And I call it the entitlement tray because if you put something on it, everything's right there for the baby and they've got it and they don't have to work. And if something falls off, oh, I cry. And then you bring it to me. Vision and motivation is huge to developing motor patterns and muscles. Mm -hmm. So if I'm suspended in this piece of equipment and I can't move, hmm, what does that do for our motor skill development? A lot. The other thing that it does is it completely separates top from bottom visually. And you can't see your feet. There's no visual connection. Not a fan of the exercisers. Another thing, um, similarly, is those swings that you can, sus- or uh, little jumper things that you can suspend in the doorways. Um, again, the child is suspended in that from their hips. They oftentimes dangle on their toes and they bounce and bounce and bounce and bounce and bounce and bounce. Kids oftentimes like it. They laugh. It is a great way to get vestibular input. And it's not necessarily super safe for their hips, nor is it linking the, the development of the visual and the vestibular systems. You want to talk about anything about? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you roll because okay. I want to keep this really focused on, okay. on bodies. Very nice. So what are some alternatives that we can do? We talked about, because let's be honest, you do need to take a shower and, and, and make some food, <laughs> feed your other kids, prevent chaos from happening. Right. Maybe protect from some sort of pet or something. Correct. You can't just walk yes. away. So um, playpens. A little playpen is a wonderful thing where you can put your baby on their belly and they're sort of safe and they can develop those motor patterns that we were talking about that happen when a baby is put on their belly. 
Um, another thing that we like are those sort of activity gym floor mat type of things. Um, those promote reaching uh, oftentimes when, when you're on your back and then oftentimes they've got a little mirror, a little texture type of a thing that when you're placed on your belly you can look and, and reach and touch for. Um, the other thing that is okay are those little sort of rocker bouncy type of seats. Um, I'm not a super big fan of when you turn it on and it vibrates really mm -hmm. fast. Mm -hmm. um, but that little bit of rocking is, is very nice. Um, and then the, the C-shaped pillows, those can be very helpful to make tummy time more comfortable, to make sitting up a little bit uh, safer so they might not topple over. Um, but what I want to think about is providing our infants with those natural opportunities to work against the force of gravity from a variety of different positions. I think that's perfectly said. Thanks. Really important. All of these things really important. So if you listen to this maybe a couple of times just to kind of assess your own child and you're seeing any of those challenges, um, just know that we always have a complimentary phone consultation where we can talk a little bit further with you. Um, if you have a child that has a predisposition to having some challenges, perhaps mm -hmm. they have Down syndrome or lower tone or some other mm -hmm. medical diagnosis, really of utmost importance that you understand this information so that you can be assessing these developmental milestones and making sure you're mm -hmm. working extra hard in all the mm -hmm. positions they need to be. And so you need also to be able to understand why you shouldn't do these things so that you can explain it to other people, perhaps caregivers that are, mm -hmm. are helping you to raise your child. Yep. Feeding challenges, regulation challenges, sleeping challenges. Um, those are the types of things that we can work with these infant positionings right away with your infant to help development get on the right track and really critically prevent further challenges. Exactly. And Terry touched on it. We're not going to go down this road per se, but just even that um, you know that sense of entitlement your child will use crying when they can't do some of these things positionally or when they feel uncomfortable or when their vestibular system is challenged or you know and so if you're always answering that call then communicatively that's what they're learning as well because mm -hmm. they're going to use what they've got so then we're setting them up for being dysregulated in communication which is something we can talk about later but that's how important all of these early motor milestones are wonderful Okay, great. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you learned a lot. We'll put some show notes for that up seat, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.